Welcome to the Women of TBC podcast. You'll hear content from women's Bible studies and other women's events. For more information, visit templebiblechurch.org. Good morning, everyone. If I could ask everyone to take a seat. I want to welcome you to our fall Women of TBC Bible Study. We're studying the wisdom of God. If you do not know me, my name is Amy. It's my great privilege to lead the Women of TBC. And I'm really excited that each of you are here. I hope to get to know you over the course of the semester. Uh, So welcome. We will always start this gathering, this time at 1050, everyone here in the big room. And when you come in, you will always see rolling announcements on the screen. I want you to pay attention to those, but I'll always start with a time of announcements. And so we're going to do that this morning. Just a few announcements for you. First of all, next week when you come, you're going to go straight to your discussion table, room, wherever you started today. That's where you will start next week. And I have instructed my leaders to start on time, to just start at 9.30, even if they're the only two people in the room. They're going to get started. So because of that, I want to invite you to come early. We come as early as 9 o'clock for coffee and fellowship. Um, if you have children in child care, that opens at 9.15. But come early so that we can get started right at, um, at 9.30. Also, if you do have children, I'm going to try my best to end a little bit before 11.30 each week, but right at 11.30, I need you to go over and get your kids. You're welcome to come back and to to visit with people as long as you like, Um, but I I have been instructed to give you that announcement this morning. Um, We always engage in a service project each semester, sometimes a couple of them. We're going to start this semester with a project with CTLC, that's Churches Touching Lives for Christ. They put together weekend nutrition bags for all Temple ISD students who are food insecure. So they send each student home with a bag um, of food over the weekend. Now in your box, everybody grab a bookmark or leaders, you might want to pass those out. There's a bookmark in your box that you can stick into your Bible study book. And on the back of it, you will see all of the items that that we need to collect for the food bags. Now, these are very specific. These are the only items that they will take, okay? So you do not need to bring all of them. You can bring even just one. You can bring a package of six of any of these things. At your, however the Lord leads you, do not feel any pressure. But if you'd like to contribute, every week we'll have some bins out by the doors. And you can bring your food and drop, drop it in. And then we will be getting it to CTLC every week. Then we have an opportunity uh, to go and put the bags together. They put them together on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. I asked, I asked your leaders to sign up for a Wednesday, one Wednesday this semester for your table to possibly meet there. It's downtown Temple to put the bags together. And then they're going to let us bring the bags for Thornton Elementary back with us so that we can bless our neighbors right across the street um, with those bags for that week. So your leaders will be telling you more about that. Just want to give you a heads up. Well, we always start this time uh, with a song of worship, and I'm going to introduce a new song to you today. This is a song that I introduced to my leaders last week, but it's a song that God has really used this summer to minister to me in deep and profound ways. Um, I had a rough time of it sometimes this summer. I'm going to talk about that in the lecture. 
But this song, God pressed onto me, and it's, it's a hymn, and it, it may take us a minute to get the tune, but um, I think the words are really going to help us to ground our study. Uh, the words say, may Christ be all, and I be nothing. His glory shines in vessels weak. And I think that is what wisdom is all about, that Christ be all, and we be nothing. So we're going to sing that in just a minute. We're also going to have a memory verse this semester. So we're going to learn a verse that I hope is an anchor verse for us all semester. And it's one that probably a lot of you have memorized in various versions. So we're going to read it together every week before our worship song. So it's from Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. And we're going to read it from the ESV version. So I want everybody to stand up. We're going to read this together. And then we're going to sing this song of worship. And then I'll pray before we get started with the lecture. So let's read this together. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths.
God, we are so thankful that you've given us yourself, that you've poured out your grace and mercy on us in so many ways, and we are just grateful. We rest in you today. We declare your goodness. We're so thankful that you have brought us together at this time in this place for your purposes. And I pray, God, this morning that you would um, just move me out of the way, that you would speak to us, that you would teach us something new, that we would put our hope firmly, securely in you. Pray all these things today, God, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I'm going to ask you a weird question this morning. Do you know your why? Now, I'm imagining that you know your what. You're a mom, you're a wife, you're a friend, you're a nurse, a teacher, any number of things. And I'm guessing that you know your how, how you execute those tasks. You take care of your people, you show up on time, you pay your bills. But do you know your why? That compelling higher purpose that inspires you to take action and is the source of all that you do. The truth is, people aren't drawn to what you do or even how you do it. They are drawn to your why. Well, Michael Jr. is a comedian. He's a comedian who inspires, so he combines funny stories and life lessons. And he has this series called Break Time, where he will interact with somebody in his crowd in, a, in one of his shows, and just off the cuff, and then he will take those clips and he will edit them into a video to teach a life lesson. And I wanna show you just a little bit of a clip that he, he had an interaction with a guy in his audience who introduced himself as a music director. That's all he knew. And we're going to start right into the clip, so pay attention. So you're a musical director. Yes, cool. sir. All right, so um, let me get a couple. Let me get a couple bars of like uh, Amazing Grace. Can you do the first part of that? Go ahead. Amazing. 
amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. Wow. That rock is sick. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> All right. All right. Um, now, once you give me the version, is if. Your uncle just got out of jail. You got shot in the back when you was a kid. I'm just saying, let me see the hood version real quick. If you know what version I'm talking about, just see if that exists. Let me see what you got. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound Here's what I want you to catch. The first time I asked him to sing, he knew what he was doing. The second time, he knew why he was doing it. When you know your why, your what becomes more impactful because you're walking towards or in your purpose. Did you hear what he just said? When you know your why, your what becomes more impactful because you're walking in and toward your purpose. Well, we are going to search for our why this semester. And when we find it and are walking toward it, I believe our what will be more impactful. Well, just like us, Israel needed a why. So I believe that God gave them the Psalms and the wisdom literature of the Old Testament, Job, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, and Song of Solomon. So today, we're going to talk about the why of Israel's story, the why of our study book, and then the why of our class structure. So let's jump in with the why of Israel's story. Now, if you're new to us, for the past five years, we have been on a journey through the big story of the Bible. We've studied an Old Testament book in the fall and then a corresponding New Testament book in the spring. And we've learned that in this story, God, the Father, Son, and Spirit, is revealing himself to us from start to finish of his story. Thus far, our Old Testament story has been a narrative, a continuous narrative. And it started in Genesis, where we saw God create the world and then crown it with his image bearers, man and woman. But when they chose sin, God mercifully kicked them out of the Garden of Eden. And he initiated a rescue plan for their return to him through 
the Son. And that rescue plan started in Genesis 12 when God chose one man, Abraham, and his family tree to be his people. And through this family, the Messiah, Jesus, would come. And then we studied in Exodus through Deuteronomy. We saw God delivered his people out of slavery in Egypt, and then he gave them a law to follow. And this showed us how Jesus would deliver us from death and then write his law on our hearts by his spirit. In Joshua, we saw that God enabled this people to conquer the promised land of Canaan. And then he asked them to continue to fight the evil around them as a light to all the nations. And this showed us how in Christ, God gives us an inheritance by his spirit. And then he gives us the armor to fight against our enemy while we wait for it. Then in Judges and Ruth, we saw Israel get really complacent and they just spiraled into this pattern of sin and redemption. And in their depravity, we saw our need for a kinsman redeemer like Boaz, Jesus Christ. And then finally, in Samuel and in Kings, we saw that Israel desperately wanted a king. But all of them, even the good ones, right? Remember this last year? Even the good ones failed. And we left Israel with this broken crown, divided into two kingdoms, exiled to Assyria in the north and Babylon in the south. And only one king, only one king could be exiled in their place to bring us all back together, the servant king, Jesus. Now this is an amazing story. But as Israel was actually living this story, they didn't have the insight that we just discussed, how everything in their story was pointing them to Jesus. And God knew that they would need more than just the law more than just a set of rules to follow and then consequences to pay when they messed up. They needed a why. They needed a motivating force, something beautiful, something true that would capture their hearts and inspire them from within and draw them toward the eternal. They needed to long for the Messiah. So in short, they were going to need Jesus in their hearts long before he ever came. And so he gave them the wisdom literature, Job, Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, and Song of Solomon, all overlaid over their historical narrative. Now next week, I'm going to introduce each of these books individually, but today, I just want us to consider them as a whole. I want you to think of these books as the arts of the Old Testament, just like us. They needed literature and poetry and music to speak to their souls and to open their hearts to something beyond themselves, to transcendence. And so the the wisdom literature did this for them. It also enabled them to wrestle with life's deepest questions. Questions like, can we trust God when we suffer? What do we do with our emotions? What's the right way to live What is even the meaning of life? What do we do with our sexuality? When Israel trusted themselves for these answers, we saw where that led in Samuel and Kings to every kind of depravity and vile practice under the sun. They were going to need a different kind of wisdom, godly wisdom that pointed them to their need for a savior. And if we're not careful, we can do the same thing as we study the wisdom 
books this semester. We can study them and totally miss Jesus. We can wrestle with those same questions and find ourselves angry and confused without the good news of the gospel that they speak to. So we're going to have to discern together between worldly wisdom and godly wisdom, even as we apply our minds to the wisdom literature this semester. Well, James, Jesus' brother, had something to say about this in the New Testament, in the book of James, chapter 3. James said, But if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast and be false to the truth. This is not the wisdom that comes down from above, but is earthly, unspiritual, demonic. For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there will be disorder and every vile practice. But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere. So just like Israel, we don't look to the world for this kind of wisdom, and we don't try to muster this kind of wisdom up ourselves. The text says this wisdom is from above, not from within. It comes to us in a person, Jesus Christ. He put on flesh and dwelt among us. He faced the temptation of every disorder and every vile practice under the sun, and yet he did not sin. He was pure. While we were raging and violent and even killing one another, he was peaceable and gentle in what he said and in what he didn't say. While we were fixed on our rightness and closed to the perspective of others, he was open to reason. While we were full of retribution, he was full of mercy. While we wanted to eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, he was full of good fruits, submitted to the will of the Father alone. And while we were partial and full of impure motives, he was impartial and sincere. Said another way, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And the mind-blowing truth of the gospel is that he made this great exchange with us, our sin for his wisdom. He now lives in us and gives us his very mind, his perspective, his righteousness. And so Paul could say in Colossians 2, 3, we have Christ in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. So friends, the wisdom books are the why of Israel's story because they help them to trust Jesus long before he ever came. But the truth is, Jesus is the why of all of God's story. It all points to him. And Nancy Guthrie wrote this book that we're using together because she knows that truth. This is part of a five-book series that she wrote called Seeing Jesus in the Old Testament. And so I'm excited for us to, to look for Jesus in a new way, maybe in these books and maybe in a way you never have before. Now, I want to tell you a little bit about this book. So everybody grab your book so we can walk through this together just a little bit. I want you to know, first of all, that this is an overview-style study. This is not an inductive 
verse-by-verse Bible study. We are covering five big books of the Bible. That's a lot in just one semester. And while we are going to spend five weeks in the Psalms, which is the longest book, we are going to spend just one week each in Job, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, and Song of Solomon. That means there's no way you're going to be able to study verse by verse. Job alone has 42 chapters, and it's coming up soon. So since many of you just got your books today, we are going to start next week with week one. So I want you to think about this week as being week zero, okay? Next week is week one. And if you look in your book on page 17, you will see where week one starts. And it is simply a chapter to read. It's a teaching chapter. So I I want you to read this. This is going to give you an overview of all five of these wisdom books. And then we're going to come back next week and we're going to discuss week one. And you will see the discussion questions for week one on page 30. So everybody flip to them. These are the questions you're going to be talking about in your group next week. Now, you do not need to write the answers to these. Just read chapter, chapter one, week one, and look at these questions and get an idea in your head what you're going to be talking about. Because this gives you a chance to get a head start on week two, which is Job. Job is going to be 42 chapters. It's the, the questions you might find to be a little difficult, and so I want you to get a jump start on it. If you have time, if you have time, you can read week one this week, be ready to discuss it next week, but we won't discuss Job for two more weeks, okay? But once we start week two, I want you to flip over to page 35. I just want to tell you how this book is set up. From week two on, you're going to start with a with set of homework questions. And there's usually about 10 to 12 questions. Some are short, some are long, some have a big long chart to fill in. And they're not divided by day, so they're broken up. Um, they're not broken up uh, to help you to, to space it out. So you may want to do that. You may want to just answer a couple of questions a day, get, get into a rhythm, or you may want to just try to sit down and answer them all at the same time. Um, the, the, the guide is going to help you with the most important parts of the text to read. So like for Job, there's parts of it that she's going to ask you to just skim over. But I want you to know, if you can't get this homework done, if it's just overwhelming, we still want you to come. We want you to come no matter what. And if you can't get to the homework, at least try to read or listen to the text. I find listening to it to be a really, really helpful way to get through it. So most of your phones will have an app where you can just ask your Bible app to read to you, even in the car. So coming back and forth to work, I've been listening to Job over and over and over the last few weeks. Then at the end of every homework chapter, you will find a teaching chapter, just like the one you're going to read next week. So this one for Job will start on page 41, so flip over to that. Now, if we were watching the video series that follows this book, and we were to see Nancy Guthrie's videos, this teaching chapter is just transcribed word for word from her video, from her presentation, her lecture presentation. And so you have an opportunity to read this after you've done the homework. If you can't get to it, don't worry about it. We're also going to have a lecture just like this one today, and it's not going to be the same. 
it'll be different. Um, and you can go back and read the teaching chapters later. But if you have time, I think you'll be super blessed. It'll help you to pull all of the homework together to, to read the teaching chapter, okay? Then, at the end of every teaching chapter, you're going to see a gray box. Look on page 54. A little gray box called Looking Forward. And this is really unique to Nancy Guthrie studies. She helps us to, to look forward not only to how the text pointed to Christ's first coming, but also how it points to his second coming. So that's what this section is about. And there will always be a discussion question on this little section. So even if you don't read the teaching chapter, flip over and read the little gray box before you come back to class. Okay? Then flip the page, 56. This is where you will see the discussion questions. These are the questions that your leaders are going to be using for your discussion time. And I want you to notice they are not the same as the homework questions. They're different. They're intentionally different. So the idea is that you have spent time in the Word and doing your homework questions, and God has been teaching you something very unique to you. And then you come together and you bring all of those things that God has been showing you, and it informs a more open kind of discussion. Okay? So this is different than we've done the last couple of years for those of you who are new. So I just wanted to point that out. And sometimes your leaders might ask you to look back to a homework question or something like that. But, but mostly we're going to try to use the discussion questions. I had a great idea in the leader meeting to maybe read the discussion questions first before you do your homework. And that way you know what you're looking for as you're doing your homework questions. So it's up to you. You decide how you want to do that. But I, I just want to encourage you not to feel the burden to have to write out the answers to the discussion questions. You don't need to do that. Just, I want you to, if you write anything, write the homework questions and then just read the discussion questions and come ready to discuss. The most important thing I want you to know is that Jesus is the why of this style of study. The reason we're looking at these books in a big overview way is so that we can see Jesus in a new way altogether. So don't miss that. Expect to see Jesus each week in your homework and ask God to show him to you and I believe that he will. All right, well, lastly, I want to discuss, oh, went too far, the why of our class structure. So if Jesus was the why of God's story, if Jesus was the why of Israel's story, then Jesus is the why of our story. We are members of his body. Yes, individually, but collectively, we make up the body of Christ. Together, we have his mind and his spirit. And we're invited into a relationship with Jesus to surrender to him and to abide in him together. So just like anyone that we love, we are constantly getting to know Jesus as we study his word. We start by knowing him personally. In Matthew 22, we saw someone come to Jesus and say, Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And he said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all of your soul and with all of your mind. Jesus said that we are to love him with our mind, not someone else's mind. So that's why we value very much your personal time in the word each week. Whether you have studied the Bible all of your life or you are brand new to Bible study, I am convinced that God will reveal himself to you gently and in a way that you can understand when you prioritize your time with him in the word. 
I want you to see that you're not trying to get the right answer when you do your study each week. You're trying to get to know Jesus. So have that in mind and prioritize your time in the Word. But that's not all. We also are invited to know his wisdom collectively. Paul says in Ephesians 3.10 that through the church, the manifold wisdom of God is being made known. That means God is revealing this multifaceted wisdom through the diversity of the church, his body made up of many different unique parts. And so when we come together each week, we always discuss first because I want you to share what God has taught you with another group of people who are maybe a little different than you at a different age and stage of life than you are. I want you to discuss what God is showing you together. His wisdom is revealed in those in whom he dwells. And so you come together to share that. And I want each of you to feel like you have something to share. We need to hear each of you. We need to hear from each of you every week. Don't, don't be timid. This is how the glory of God is manifest in the church. And then finally, we want to know his excellencies proclaimed. 1 Peter 2, 9 says, But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may be, proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. So the final piece of our time together will be a lecture like this one from me and from other women in our church family. I want us all to find our identity as the people of God. And we do that when we hear from other people with whom we are, are linked. We hear how the word is challenging them and moving them from darkness to light. We don't come here each week to hear a great lecture we come here each week to hear the excellencies of a great God. And if we're open to it, I really believe he can use even this lecture time to draw us towards him and to, to turn our affections to Jesus. Well, as we close this morning, I want to confess to all of you that I lost sight of my why for a little bit this summer. I, I really struggled with my thoughts. They really turned inward and negative and I found myself going through the motions of my what and my how. But God was so kind to have me studying the wisdom books this summer because I was wrestling with the same questions that we're going to see Job and Solomon wrestling with, plagued by my own suffering. I lamented a lot through the Psalms, but I found my Redeemer in Job I found my shepherd and my rock and my refuge in the Psalms. I found my friend in Proverbs and Ecclesiastes. And I found the lover of my soul in the Song of Solomon. And I was just wrecked over and over by that song, that song that we sang this morning, Christ Be All. I love that first verse. It said, Oh, to be empty and lowly, meek and unnoticed and unknown. Worldly wisdom will tell us that that's just a terrible place to be, and sometimes I believe that. But godly wisdom says that to God, 
I am a vessel holy, filled with Christ and Christ alone. And so when the chorus says, may Christ be all and I be nothing, his glory shines in vessels weak. I think what an upside down way to look at life, that God's glory is what my weakness reveals. God's glory is what your weakness reveals. And to me, that is wisdom. And I really pray that this will be a safe place this semester for all of us to bring our weakness, our questions to the table and to share them and to grow together. As we wrestle with God, confident in his love, I'm convinced that we will find our why. We will find Jesus to be the source of all that we do. We will find the purpose and the passion that he died to give to us. And when his glory shines brightly, especially in our weakness, people will be drawn to him. Remember, people aren't drawn to what you do or even how you do it. They're drawn to your why. And Jesus himself said in John 12, 32, that an I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. So may we find him to be our only trustworthy source of wisdom this semester. Let's pray. Father, we're so thankful for the wisdom that is ours in Christ, that we have all this, this treasure, and we look forward to mining it together as we spend time in your word, as we talk together, as we hear your excellencies proclaimed. God, we just declare together that you are good, that you are trustworthy, and you are true, and all our hope is in you. So we thank you. We look forward to our time this week in our study. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, I've taken you almost to time, girls who need to go get your, your kiddos. But if you would, please take your name tags off and drop them in the box, and they'll be ready for you next week. Have a great week.